Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm delighted to say, at the last minute, our step-in, Stefan, the super sub, is with me again. Hello, mate. How you doing, mate? How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, Thank you very much for being the guy I call to to jump in at the last minute. You're very kind. That's right. It's good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. When we're playing well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not been so much fun this season so far, but yeah, when, when we have a good game, it's more of a laugh. Um, I do just want to say a very special mention quickly to Matt. Um, Matt revealed on the podcast last week for those who listened on the Halloween special. Uh, obviously, his wife's been suffering with breast cancer, um, and that's why Matt's been on and off quite a lot. I know I speak for everybody who listens on a regular basis to send Matt and his wife all the best. Um, I thought it was really good of him to say that, to be honest with you. It wasn't something I felt it was my place to reveal, but uh, mm-hmm. he feels good talking about it. And obviously, the more people talk about it, the, the greater awareness there is out there for everything. So, uh, But yeah, Matt's at the hospital today with his lovely wife. They're they're doing well. Uh, I spoke to him a little earlier on today, but just a special mention to him and his wife, Vicky. Get well soon. Uh, but yeah, let's get back to football. Um, yes, sir. Mate, I've got a bit of a kind of a, a run through of things to talk about. Um, no worries. I, w- I want to open up chatting to you about the Everton game because I think it'd be good to get that out of the way first. Okay, yeah. Um, the actual game itself, obviously, there's one big incident in the game which we'll talk about in a little bit more detail, but um, the actual game itself, how did you feel we played? Uh, <laughs> very much how we have a lot of this season. There just seems to be a lack of. A lack of something. Um, ability, pace, movement, passing, shooting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, pretty. Did yeah, we have that, something yeah. stupid like three shots on goal the whole match or something ridiculous? It, um, it, um, to be it honest, was just awful. Yeah, to be honest with you, mate, it looked like um, two teams completely out of form and petrified of losing, which I completely get. Everton, much like us really struggling to find any kind of rhythm and form and it just it just looked that everything you you kind of thought the game would be going into it it was uh both teams looked terrified of conceding and losing the game because both teams kind of knew whoever lost that game was going to get branded in a relegation fight well yeah and it makes me laugh how much pressure their manager seems to be under whereas Poch is just kind of like we're all sitting there going oh you'll find a solution you'll find a solution Whereas their manager's being kind of told, you're hiding away from losing your job. I think I think it's an interesting point you just raised. Uh, for one, I don't think all Spurs fans are okay with Mauricio at the moment. Um, I'm seeing a decidedly shift to people being angry towards him. Um, but also, I think a lot of that comes down to spending. Because whereas like you and I both look at Mauricio and the job he's done there, we've gone, he's, he's done the job he's done really compared to the, our rivals on a real shoestring budget of signing players. What, you think, yeah, what was it, two windows without even signing someone? Exactly. So I think we're that little bit more tolerant. But then if you look at Everton, and to be fair, you know, they, they, it isn't just this manager. They've been through a few in the recent years. 
But every window, they're spending money, and not little money either. The, the, the people at that club have really backed whoever they've appointed. Um, I think that's probably their biggest downfall as well. Uh, just if you consistent... have a manager every other season who's bringing yeah. in four or five of his own players... Well, we've goes, been there. Yeah. You know, we, well, yeah, we've we, been there, yeah. I, I, someone said once, and, and I've stolen it before and I'm going to steal it again, is it's impossible to judge a manager when his squad is a hodgepodge of other managers' failed dreams. Oh, I understand. I think it and was... I love that. <laughs> Dimitar Berbatov turned around and said that he was a Martin Yole player. Yeah. Yeah, he I, was signed by Yol. He is a Yol player. Yol left, and you know, not long afterwards, he went to United. Yeah. Irony being, of course, he absolutely sulked and created hell that summer for Martin Yol, <laughs> which largely led to him getting the sack. But you know, people like to rewrite history in their own image. But yeah. I um, it is just a difficult situation. But Everton, like I said, they've. They've spent the money, you know. Jordan Pickford came in for a lot of money for a keeper, over thirty million. Um, they spent yeah. fifty million on, you know, Giffy. They spent fifty million here, fifty million there. Uh, I mean, I know they sold Lukaku in that time as well, but they they've well overspent, um, you know, from from that fee that came in. But they've oh, not yeah. been able to build a cohesive team in, in quite a while really they kind of have runs but then it goes again so i can understand why their fans are that little bit more knives out they're kind of like well look you've spent the money you've been backed the results aren't there i think at tottenham we're still kind of in this yeah okay we spent some money this summer but it really needed to be a summer earlier and also we're all painfully aware that the manager himself told us all that you know, if we, if we go back, not this, you know, not the end of last season, but the season before, he said Tottenham have got to do things differently. We've got to be brave. Yep. We need we to need spend. be brave and make changes. And yeah, and everyone was like, "Yeah, you're damn right, we do." Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with Potts. Oh, we didn't buy anyone. Okay, yeah, no exactly. Worries. And then we had two windows where we all went, "Hey, when he said we had to be brave, this is not what I thought he had in mind." But okay, yeah. this is pretty bloody brave. <clears throat> he um, meant be brave as in we'll blood them all in and we'll just have the same team and it'll be amazing. Yeah, yeah this is interesting. Yeah, that, yeah it was very different. Um, and then last season, of course, you know, last season, the end of it, he made it pretty clear again. You know, even before the Champions League final, he said this squad needs to be revamped. It needs to be changed. You to kick on to the next level. You know, everyone at this club keeps talking about I've not won a trophy yet. Well, okay. You know, my five-year mission in coming in here was to get the club in the Champions League, keep them there if possible, but. It wasn't even the be on end all. It was just European football whilst they moved into the new stadium. Daniel Levy kind of appointed him and knew, look, this stadium move's going to be my focus. So yep. everything else is going to be, you know, do as best you can. <laughs> um, he, he kind of overachieved on that. And then you, you, you make a rod for your own back. Because, of course, by overachieving for a couple of years, everyone's like, okay, that's our level. <laughs> yeah, Tottenham like, are now a top four final stages of the Champions League squad yep. should be challenging for the title and, this is what we do and now this season we're, we're kind of paying the price of not making those changes not being brave that summer not making the changes uh, that, that were needed to be made and, and me, you know, we've talked about this on other podcasts uh, me and Matt have I think me and you have as well So, so I don't want to go into that too much again but I do think that is something to keep in mind when you talk about the pressure being applied to the two managers I still think 
Pochettino has that little bit more grace. How long it lasts, of course, probably... I'd say probably past January, um, and we'll see what happens in January. Uh, I think if we sign players and we continue to see a development and improvement by shifting some we all know that shouldn't be at the club anymore, um, then then I think, yeah, I think we as a fan basically go, do you know what, this season's been a mess, but we all knew it had to, you know, we all knew at some point it was going to catch up to us. Let's back him to to kick on. If we're going to keep investing in backing him, then let's you know let's move forward together. Um, I think if we go past January and we have that same kind of weird tension of him saying, "I love my squad. My squad's amazing. I don't need to add anybody. I don't like signing people in January." I, I think the remaining people who are like me, I'm, I'm going to put myself in this. Uh, I'm going to ask a load more questions and generally be, uh, start to come round to the idea that perhaps he can't do this because. To sit in a press conference like he did before the uh, Red Star game and say he had no problem at all with Christian Eriksen's form. That's scary. That's just scary. Well, it's kind of like you can't possibly believe that. He must have his fingers crossed. He must He must leave that room laughing his ass off like, <laughs> I can't believe they think that's true. Or, or something, because there's just no way on the planet he can really watch a game of football and think that. So we know he's lying to the press. I've got no problem with him lying to the press. The press deserve it. But when it's, that's the form of communication that comes to the fans, I can completely understand the reaction, which was, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking about it as well. We, we, we were yeah. messaging backwards and forwards about this. Yeah. And it's either a case of Poch is trying to keep the price tag up yeah, possibly. By saying, it's just a little dip. We know he's world class. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Come buy him in January. Buy, yeah. buy him in January. <laughs> he's basically doing a sales pitch. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah it's it fine. What are you want about? It's just a little bit yeah. of a confidence thing. He's fine. 90 yeah. mil. 90 mil. Yeah, he scored, or, a, yeah, he scored a goal. <laughs> what more do you want? Yeah. yeah. Or it's like you say, Pochettino genuinely might believe that he's going to sign a new deal. Well, that and wants was, to keep him happy. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that was the thing I, that sort of came to me, which is... It, I was struggling to find any possible reason why you'd keep playing him. Because as Giovanni Lo Celso is clearly now back fit, um, don't get me wrong, it's going to take him a little while to be ready. You know, he played the full 90 last night or played the vast majority of the game last night. Um, so he, he he's clearly getting there. Um, and he made a great contribution. And, and it's quite possible if he hadn't got that injury, we wouldn't be seeing Ericsson as much as we had. Um, yep. and, and, you know, the, the manager wants to kind of make a transition between the old to the new. Um, and now he's finally being able to do that, which which is great. And to a certain extent, you know, last night was almost like a blueprint for how he saw the team with these signings and how he'd love to have had the team from the start of the season. Yeah. Because I don't know about anybody else, but Undumbele is some player. That um, guy is phenomenal. And he's still, you know, he said it himself uh, in an interview to a French magazine that he is still not at the level he wants to be at the club. He said, you know, he arrived with an idea in his mind of what fitness was, what, you know, what his best was. And he's like, it's not, you know, it's not. I can I can be better. Yeah. 
And apparently he works with Sissoko a lot. Um, and we all know that Sissoko, for all of his inabilities to shoot, um, um, by the way, uh, still there's a, a football warning in effect for people of Belgrade. At some point today, that shot will land. Keep Somewhere. Your open, yeah. Somewhere in the city of Belgrade, that ball will land at some it point It was today. great, because I saw the ball go back, and I saw a player at the edge of the box, and I thought, Oh, go on! And then the camera moves slightly. You saw yeah. the number on the back of yeah. the shirt, and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, no!" Well, you see, you see, Undumbele pick those up from that range, and you think, "Oh, he's got a chance. This guy can hit them." Yeah, this could you go. You see Sissoko lining up a shot, and you just think, "Wow, this is going to be embarrassing." I mean, the day like, apparently he scored two goals for us. Yeah, he has. Yeah, and I reckon the next one's going to be a worldie. Well, you you kind of that's purely based on the. Average and odds. <laughs> you, you're purely basing that on if someone hits enough shots at some point. You know, Victor Wanyama. <laughs> at some yeah. point, one of these hits is just going to hit the top corner, and everyone's going to go, "What the?" I'm, fuck? I'm expecting a like Harry Kane did against Juventus from like the halfway line. <laughs> He's going to go in for a tackle and I'm, swipe yeah. the ball, and it's going to go in, and we'll be like. There it is. I gotta be honest with you. The most effective shots I've ever seen from him was when he was really having a bad time, and basically his first touch would rebound off of him and everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. and some of the times they'd like bounce off him, and like the keeper would have to last minute make an adjustment. I think yeah, it's possibly our best chance of scoring in this game is a first touch from Sissoko. Oh dear, but I mean, he's going back to it. I mean, he's really turned himself around, and the work rate and energy of those two in midfield, like the engine room, yeah. is actually bloody impressive. Um, you know, Red Star, and I know you got to take the standard of opposition into account. I know all of that, so so let's not dwell too much on that. But the the way they can drive the ball forward or thread passes. And having that ability to vary that between the two of them uh, just keeps defenses so you know what do you do? You close you you know you try and close them down. They'll pass it past you. You tr- you stand off. They'll bring it forward and then pass it. Yeah. So it's really dynamic and it is it does look good. Um, the one thing I'd say about those two kind of in that position is <laughs> where does that leave Harry Winks? Yep. Because I, I, I know a lot of people seem to have got on him recently. It's kind of like a... Unfortunately, in my opinion, he's been a little bit scapegoated for our form. Um, but he, he's a good, tidy player. Um, but he's not an Undembele. He's not Sissoko. He's not the sort of dynamic charge forward. He is no. um, a player that just keeps keeps the ball moving. And there are some games... And this is where it's really a squad game now, I guess. You know, horses for courses. There are some games... Perhaps you've gone two nil up, three nil up, and you want to bring a guy on. You know, you're you're trying to protect the lead. Perhaps you know you you can bring on a defensive midfield destroyer. I'd always yeah. prefer to bring on a Winks, who's just going to keep the ball moving and keep it. And that's what he does. Possession. His vision, Winks' mm. vision is fantastic. He will see a pass. He knows where to be on the pitch. He's never going to be a big tackler or no. a big muscle machine to but run he, through. But he's someone, not afraid but to keep do it. it moving. Yeah, but, but he's not afraid to put his foot in. He's not afraid to close people down and, and shut down attacks, which is yep. something he's added to his game. Yeah, um, I I just think that you know we can all look at that and go right now. I think Sissoko and Undumbele would probably be our starting pair there if we um, keep to the the four two three one formation, yeah, which exactly, is working yeah. at the moment. Yeah, yeah. If, I mean, if we if we stick to that as it is. 
then I think that's who you'd want there. Yeah, and even um, I'm mean, Winks is my second favourite player in the squad, and even yeah. I'm looking at it going, if we're going to play four two three one, yeah, you've got to have Sissoko and Dumbley because they are is, the yeah. machines. But, I mean, They're the engine room. But the key thing is, and this is the thing it comes back to, it is a squad game now. Um, yeah. And I think no one seems to understand the squad game more than Mauricio because there was a stat revealed last night by BT Sport, and I think it actually shocked a fair few people. And that is that last night was the 93rd game in a row Mauricio Pochettino has named a different team. So he's not named in consecutive games the same lineup for 93 games. Bloody hell. See, it's kind of like one of those things where you go, damn, that's 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 a lot of chopping and changing. And Yeah, I mean, you suddenly think, like, how many games there are in a season? Yeah, yeah, so it's a even long adding time. in the cups. That's over. A, that's well over a season, probably yeah. a season and a half. Yeah, yeah, that he has made at least one change to the lineup. Um, that's I, crazy. I gotta be honest with you. I'm not massively surprised by that because he has always, ever since he was a manager with us or anyone, you know, the fullbacks, for example, have always been rotated. He, he, he yeah. for that his system puts so much workload on those guys. That he consistently, you know, when we had Walker and Trippier, uh, Rose and Davies, they literally was one game in, one game out. It was it was always. Yeah, that's true. So it's not a massive surprise to me that. And I uh, sort of gauged a bit of the reaction. And I think it's, uh, there was a little bit of an overreaction. I know, shock, social media overreaction. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Um because a lot of people kind of, well, there you go. That's why we can't find any rhythm. That's why we can't find any form. And it's a valid point of view. But at the same time, it's 93 games. We've not been poor for 93 games. And it's one of those things that when you're a manager and you're winning, you're a genius. Now, yep. look at look at the way he swaps those players around. He keeps everybody involved in the squad. Everybody's fit. You know, uh, he has an idea of who's best in this position, that position, but, you know, he keeps everybody at the same level. Genius. The minute you lose a few games, oh, he's constantly tinkering, the team can't settle. Yeah, you know, it's identical, but it's just two different points of view on the exact same thing. And and in football, you know, you could be the best team in the world and you show up one day, your attitude's not right and you'll lose. (laughs) Yeah. It's just the way the game is. And it's part of the reason why I think so many people love the game. You know, why we all love the FA Cup. You know, FA Cup shocks should never happen. But they do, and it's yeah. fantastic. Exactly, except for what happens to you that sucks. Yeah. But you're right, and it is. And the reason why that competition is beloved around the world is because a team like Manchester United, full of millionaires and everything, could end up being drawn against a team who basically don't have their own pitch. <laughs> you know? I mean, 11, I think, no, 13 years ago today, yeah. South End United, my little club, beat yeah. United. Beat Man United. Well, Those things only happen in cup games. Well, there you go. Do you say Southend United? Your I club? can't talk about them anymore. Did, did, I'm pretty sure you. Thirteen said years your, ago, thirteen your, years ago, they were my club. Your, um, as of two weeks ago, I have no affiliation to them whatsoever. <laughs> okay, just thought I'd check. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've never wanted my local team to get relegated before two weeks ago. No, no, I've never wanted a team to lose more than I do them right now. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's. You know, so, you know. Yeah, if if you know, you know. If you don't know, look it up and then you'll know. Yeah. Uh I am 
I just think that generally the the sort of tinker in the squad rotation is such a difficult thing for us to have opinions on. I at times am baffled by a player comes in, plays brilliantly, and you're like, oh great, you know he's back, he's fit. Oh, he ain't playing. What? You yeah. know what the hell? Baffled by that, but at the same time. I don't have access to the same information, and that's what makes it so difficult. And we're all fans. We can all have opinions and say stuff, and I I think that's more than valid. But at the same time, I do think we ought to go, you know what, this, this, this. But we do have to remember, this isn't FIFA. This isn't Football Manager. They're not pixels. They're not digital. They're real human beings. And just because a player's not injured doesn't mean that they're not possibly carrying something and and sports science is something that the manager's so massive with fitness physios he has reports done detailed you know and if they turn around to him and go oh do you know what we're managing toby's hamstring um yep. we think if he plays a couple of games you know in a row it's gonna go so yep. we want you to step back his training and Choose we want the important him- matches you yeah. got it, yeah. But anyway, I, we've just gone off on an absolute tangent. Um, Everton game. <laughs> oh yeah, Everton, yeah. we played those. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember I mentioned them at the start? Um, yes. Obviously the game was poor. I, I was quite pleased to see Delhi take his goal the way he did. Um, yeah. Obviously he, his confidence is shot to pieces right now, but that had done in the world of good, so I was really pleased with that. And after scoring it, he did seem to have that little bit about him again yeah Yeah, a bit of a spring and I think that carried over last night you know he's still unfortunately confidence isn't there you know fully confident Delhi last night against Red Star would have taken on a shot with his left foot for example yeah um but he's starting you know with games we're starting to see that again and you know he scored scored a couple of goals in the last three games. You know he, he he'll get there. He's still so young. So yeah, and I mean we've just had the England squad released. He's been left out again. Yeah, well I'm not. But I'm, I think that's just purely that's form and confidence, isn't it? Really, I'm not. And hopefully, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I wish they'd left all of ours out. To be honest with you, um, we could do with it. Yeah, just just so so sunny training in at Hotspur Way and working on his game for a couple more weeks and possibly just being pissed off at not being recalled when the likes of Fabian Delph are still in the squad you know (laughs) let let him let him be pissed off about that get that swagger back get that arrogance and that anger back that's what we missed we saw a bit of it last night last night he was demanding the ball he's like come on demanding the ball and then trying to turn it past people cocky yeah he's getting caught at the moment but he's trying it again and yeah. it's just going to take a little while, and he'll get up to speed, and then he'll, you know, he'll be back to his old self, and that's that's. It was the cocky swagger that I think everyone loved about Delhi. I mean, do you remember that that goal against Crystal Palace? Yeah, yeah. The, the touch, the flick, the shot, yeah. and you look at him and you go, "Who is that cocky?" Yeah, to try that even, they would attempt exactly that. to even try that when you're that age in the Premier League. What the hell? Um, yeah, that's so, what we yeah. need back. Yeah, and I think we'll get it back. Um, obviously, we can't move on or not have the discuss this in the po- podcast. Um, Sun Hun Min was sent off. Um, yep. First of all, your opinion on the sending off? J- <sighs> Yellow card, 100%. It was a very stupid thing. It was obviously a reaction. He had just been elbowed or caught in the face, gone down. Nothing had really happened about it. So you peed off, you tripped someone up. Yeah. Very stupid. Yellow card, definitely. Yeah. The red card, I think, is where the referee made a mistake because the referee then looked at 
what had happened, yep. looked at the end result of it, and went, oh, that's a red card. Look at that injury. Yeah. But didn't look at the fact that actually it was Serge Aurea who, who landed on the player. I don't think it was Serge Aurea's fault either. Um, no, I, I can't say there was anyone to say it was your fault it happened, but it's just you a, know, a, a, he's landed on the player. That's what twisted the ankle who was already going down because of Son's trip. Yeah, It's a footballing accident. It's a football um, injury, yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a red card. Um, Son was so... I mean, you saw how devastated he was when he realised what had happened. Yeah, It should have been a case of, here's a yellow card, the referee goes to Pochettino and goes, look, take him off. Sub him off. Well, he's not going to be able to continue the well, game. That ain't the referee's place. He, he sure as hell shouldn't be doing that. But it was a yellow card offence. And the fact is, before he realised the extent of the injury, he was walking over with a yellow card in his hand. And yep. if Gomez had banks back up, it's a yellow card all day long. I I don't see that the severity of an injury that happens should affect the the outcome of it. It's, it's kind of like saying that, you know, if, if a player doesn't get their leg broke, you know, so let's let's imagine, for example, Sonny went in two-footed over the ball and yep. hits him in the standing leg, but Gomez is fine. That's yep. not a red card because he's fine? I mean, let's go to Skippy's challenge last night. Beautifully timed. That was an awful tackle. Excellently executed. He was just letting him know he was there. Yeah, but I mean, that was more of a red card offence than Son's little trip was any day of the week. I will have you know (laughs) that Oliver Skip is always right. So if Oliver Skip decided that he needed to go in two-footed and smash someone to the ground... Over the ball, yeah. I love Skippy. I love Skippy. I saw that tackle at ball height. Um, but yeah, then, if then that's fine. not a red card, then a cynical trip on someone, no, you know, but... it's a trip. A, anyone that trips a player up like that should always get a yellow card. Well, no matter where on the pitch it is, it's a trip. Yeah, it's a yellow yeah, card. Yeah. You haven't gone for the ball. But to, then for the referee to look at the injury and go, oh, geez, that's a big injury. Red card. See, now, this is the thing. Now, the, the FA released a statement afterwards to kind of justify this decision. Um, because, of course, VAR reviews these and VAR reviewed it and went, yes, yeah, a red card. And the justification is that he he endangered the player by doing what he did. Now, to my way of thinking, that basically means any time you tackle someone or touch someone on a pitch, you're potentially endangering them. Because yeah, I can go shoulder to shoulder with somebody and they can stumble after, you know, I've barged them, fall over, crack their head open or something. Does that mean I get sent off? You know, yeah. I was shoulder to shoulder. It, it was a nonsense, and and I was delighted that the kind of pundits afterwards. I thought I felt um, I've been turning Sky and BT off because the punditry levels. I feel, I feel it's less about um, commenting on the game now as it is about saying something shocking to then get clicks on a website. You know, like yep. oh, um, we got Jose and Joe or Roy Keane, and basically all they're going to do is slag somebody off, and then you'll see a video of it shared online constantly. Yeah. And that's what how it feels. So I've been switching it off. I'm, I'm delighted I didn't. I kind of left on because I wanted to see uh, players. I, I was really interested and really quite proud of Dele, um in his yeah. post-match interview. I thought he showed a great level of maturity in the way he handled the questions. Um, yeah. But, you know, I wanted to make sure Sonny was okay um, because you could see how devastating he was. And obviously I want an update on how Gomez was as well because yeah. clearly it was a serious injury. 
I'm yeah. delighted I did because I felt Tim Cahill was phenomenal. Um, Tim Cahill um, shot apart the whole Delhi criticism, which which was brilliant. I thought he did great with that. But then his whole take on the sun red card as well. You know, he said, "I'm as blue as they come." You know, I'm I'm Everton through and through. I'm I'm. Just, oh yeah. He said, "But it's, it's a yellow card. You you can't you can't change." You know the, your your mind, if you like, just because the players then fallen forward horrifically, and as horrible as that is, and as as sickening as it was for everybody who was there, um, it, it's just still a yellow card. So, um, I thought I was disappointed for a couple of reasons. One, I felt uh, Son doing that and seeing the injury was punishment enough. Um, the yellow card for the offence, that's fine. I think, like you just said, I think Mauricio would have had to have taken him off. I don't think there was yeah. any way he could have continued that game. Um, so I, I just thought the red card really punished us. Um, and then it was inevitable because we're so low on confidence. Um, to go down to 10 men and then just to try and hold on. It wasn't going to happen, was it? No. You kind of knew as soon as the red card came out. I, in my head, I'm going, we're going to lose this 2-1. Well, my, my fear you was know? we'd lose the game. Um, because momentum in sport's massive. And you get on a roll and suddenly you can score. I mean, we still had the opportunity via at least one break where we could have you know, could have won the game. But mm-hmm. it just, like I said, the confidence is so low, especially away from home. You know, I know we've just uh, released that burden a little bit, but... We we haven't you know domestically for example you know we've not won a game away in a long time yeah and to be one nil up trying to hold on down to ten men you can almost feel it in the players like oh this is inevitable like the fans felt it this is inevitable I think yeah. that translates to the players and once you kind of get it in your head that's going to happen you, you're gonna it's going to happen <laughs> it, it also like you watch the Everton players it's almost like the Everton players also went. Well, this is going to happen. Then. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, they they had we, we've the, got it now. Yeah, they had that lift, and it's it's unfortunate that you know that red card has been rescinded quite rightly. Um, you know, it's it's been downgraded back to a yellow, so Sonny will not serve any suspension. It's frustrating in a world of VAR where we're supposed to be getting these decisions right it's because VAR's crap. Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments from me on that anymore. No, I, I think I argued, just quickly on yeah, sorry on that one. Yeah, go the VAR thing. I think the biggest biggest issue with VAR mm. is that it is not an independent person sat behind the screen. It is another referee. Yeah, referees are. It seems like they're tending to stick together. Well, yeah. You know, the referee on the pitch gives it. The referee over there looks at it and goes... You're right, mate. Yeah, I can yeah. see why he's done that, mate. No worries. Off you go. Yeah. It needs to be... Like, I think, isn't it, in um, is it Spain or Holland, mm. there is a team yeah. which is just the VAR referees. They have nothing to do with the pitch. Yeah. They are VAR referees. It goes to them, and they are completely independent. They're yeah. not buddies that have helped someone else before. Yeah, well, I, I can't be honest with you, mate. When, when uh, I mean, I follow other sports, cricket, rugby, yeah. um, and technology has been introduced into those sports, and it's been introduced quite successfully. Um, so yeah. I was not adverse to technology coming into football at all. And I, I, I spoke, no. I think, you know, VR could be a good thing. It's just going to take some time for us all to get used to. Hell, I remember yeah. the pass-back rule coming back in and everyone saying that was going to ruin football. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yes, I'm that old. 
Um, so, so to me, it was kind of like it's just going to be an adjustment period. Um, we're now in November, um, so we've had a few months of it. Uh, I want it scrapped. I, I think yeah. the way it almost feels to me like they didn't want it, and so they have deliberately made it crap to to yeah. wind everybody up to get it abolished because. I cannot find any rational reason for the way they've implemented it. You know, other countries, they've got the screen at the side, the referee goes and looks at it, you know, the the VAR official says, look, I think you need to look at this again. The referee yeah. wanders over, takes a look and goes, you're right, mate, yeah, he does make contact, I'll give it. Um, Whereas ad referees don't even seem to be looking no. at the guy. They haven't seen them go to no. the side of the pitch for no. ages. No, no, they don't. They, they, it's not. It's not what they do in this country, you know. There, there's the Italian referee. Everyone remember in the bold psycho-looking uh, Pierluigi yes. Kalina. He's the head of referees for FIFA, and he has yep. slammed the Premier League and the referees, the FA, for their implementation of VAR. In a statement, he said it feels like they are sabotaging it. And yeah. I mean that's massive. That's the head of referees for FIFA has slammed the way we're doing it. There's a meeting in two weeks. All the managers, chairman, are going to meet with the referees association to discuss VAR. I mean, if I was them, I'd say, look, it's not working. Um, you yeah. know, pull it, pull it, pull it at Christmas. From the 1st of January to the end of the season, VAR is going to be gone because yeah. it's not worked and we need to rethink it or make some changes. But I mean... The changes I saw proposed in the press the other day were absolutely horrific. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I'm like looking at it going, if that's your proposal, then I am now convinced you are simply trying to have this system fail. But, yeah, I mean, we say about other sports, rugby, the TMO system. Yeah. The referee watches it on the big screen. Yeah. Now, every pitch <sighs> must have a big screen in the stadium. Do you know why they can't do that? This is a bit of a sad thing, but the it's reason the hooliganisms. Is, yeah, in the... yeah, hooliganism. Police have said, please don't. If you show it up on a big screen, don't, whether you you know, if you're yeah. wearing blue or you're wearing red, you're going to see it the way you want to see it, and it's just going to fire people up. Yeah, I guess. And unfortunately, they're right. You know, in rugby, you see it up on a big screen, you hear the oohs and the ahs, and everyone goes back to drinking. Yeah. Just un- unfortunately, in football, I don't think you can adopt that same approach. It-, it is really unfortunate because I think everyone was crying out for clearer communication. Being in yep. a stadium and watching a bloke in black just put his finger to his ear whilst the game stopped for four minutes. Yes, it's ridiculous. You know what's going on? Do I celebrate the goal? Do I? You know what? what? I think that's the worst bit as well. Is we're now seeing players score goals. And then stand there and watch the referee. It is the worst. There's bit. no. It is there's the no passion bit. behind it. No. There's no. I've scored a goal. Running to the fans. Yeah. It's. I don't want to run to the fans. Look like a complete dick because yeah. I'm celebrating. And the referee goes, Ah, actually. Yeah, actually. Four. That five. bloke's armpit hair was actually offside. Oh, yeah. Don't don't get me started uh, on that. You know, it's it's taking some of the passion of the players out of it as well. It, it is, and that translates. So yeah, for for me, I, I was really up for VAR, um, but my mind's having seen it, uh, I want it gone um, yeah. from the Premier League. I really do. The thing is, though, FIFA have adopted it. FIFA and the leagues around the world are embracing mm-hmm. the technology, so it's never going to go full stop. Nope. But we need to work out a better way of doing it. But. 
that you know that VAR but Everton that, uh, yeah that VAR discussion all came from that you know Sonny yeah. we, we won't get those points back nope. VAR should have corrected that at the time he should have been downgraded back to a yellow and we should have had 11 players and if Everton had scored so be it you know I'm not saying that with 11 people on the pitch we definitely would have you know held on or possibly gone on to win the game 2-0 but yeah. we'd have had a damn better chance and yep. that was denied to us by an error and VAR is there to correct clear and obvious errors well the fact that a, a review panel took less than a day to overturn it suggests that was pretty clear and obvious oh yeah um, so yeah moving on from that then because I don't think there's much more to say other than uh, best wishes to Gomez and I hope you get well soon um, yeah. the Red Star game last night like we've touched on a few times um, I, I was impressed by a number of people last night and I know everyone's going to talk about the standard of opposition but Dyer and Sanchez have never played together as centre-backs Dyer has been playing as a defensive midfielder far more than he has a centre-back especially in a four for the last couple of seasons yeah, as well yeah especially yeah. in a four if he's ever slotted in it tends to have been in a three um, yeah. and to see those two not only you know, don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect from them by any means, but... No, there was a couple of times where you think to yourself, oh, an experienced couple wouldn't have let the player run through there no, and stuff. No, but, and, but but Jan and Toby have been letting people run off them so far this season, and, yeah. you know, we they Jan and Toby when Byron put seven past us, all right? So let's, exactly. let's not be under any illusions no. that those two are world-class centre-back pairing anymore, because they're not. Whether that's because their fitness has moved on or they've just lost focus is a matter of debate, but clearly they're not this season. Um, but Dyer and Sanchez, not only did they look like they slotted quite well together, but also they were taking it in turns bringing the ball forward. Um, they, yeah. they took it in turns to kind of be that extra man stepping into midfield at times. They look like they've been playing together, um, which kind of makes me wonder if they've been training together, if that makes sense. And this is something yeah. that's been perhaps worked on for a little while um you know Dyer's 25 Sanchez is 23 um so Dyer's probably going into the prime years for a central defender now um Sanchez is still you know two three years away from entering into that which is nuts when you consider how experienced he is yeah Uh, I thought one fourth um you know one fourth of our defense but a bunch um I thought it right back looked really he good. He looked amazing. Like he was making the runs, he was yeah. cutting inside, taking people on. He made a couple of real good tackles yeah. at the back as well. Yeah, he and, and I'm watching him going, "Oh, this could be." And he and he you know. stood up a lot more. One of the things he did or has done since joining us, like all good young central defenders, is he's tended to just go flying in. Yeah, dives um, in feet first, <laughs> and I'll try and get the ball. I hope. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not getting past me, which yeah, you know, it's it's a mark of good Italian central defenders in the nineties. You you knock it past me, you're either gonna hit my legs or I'm gonna break yours. Um. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, I I love the Italian defending in the nineties. That AC Milan team with Baresi and Costa Curta, Maldini, Panucci. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I could wax lyrical about that for defending. He used to win games one 0 and I didn't care. <laughs> it yeah, was great. 
Um, but yeah, so I thought he looked really good, and it was a surprise because you kind of think of a central defender being adjusted to a fullback. You, you know, you think, well, yeah, okay, he has got the pace, but does he have yep. the nous to when to go forward, when to come back? Um, does he have that, you know, the the final third upstairs, if you like? Um, I think yeah. he proved last night he does. He does have the instincts to do it, and you can see why. Argentina are suffering it right back have adjusted him to that position and you oh, can yeah. see why Mauricio's decided well you know if Argentina it's... need a right back and this kid is like well I could be the right back for my country for the next decade <laughs> I want to be a right back yeah brilliant you know this kind of yeah let him do it you know um this this could work perfectly and I know. Again, I know people listening are thinking, "Yeah, but was it up against a good, good player?" No, he is going to come up against very good players, and he is going to struggle. But yeah, he's young. saying that he kept um, Marco Marin, who is by fair, by far their star player. Yeah, he kept him quiet. Yeah, whenever yeah. Marin went over to that side, yeah, Foyth kept him quiet, yeah, and I'm like. Dealt with him, man, and yeah. he dealt with him massively by staying on his feet. You know, just stay up yep. because. He couldn't get past him, you know. He, he's a strong. He doesn't look it, you know. Dan hmm. on our arm always says to me, he looks like he needs to put a stone or so on in like muscle body mass. But, <laughs> yeah, but he's as a twig. but as a fullback, he's built like a bright shit house for a fullback. If you think about it, you know, broad yeah. shouldered, tall, strong, uh, good in the air. He's kind yep. of everything that Serge Aurier is, but without the madness of Serge Aurier. Um, yeah, without the guaranteed red card oh, every other game. Yeah. Oh, it certainly feels like it with him. But of course, he'll be starting the weekend because, you know, hashtag banter. Yeah. Um, the, what, the other thing um, which really pleased me was the combination with uh, Gio and uh, Lo I mean, the, the crazy mm-hmm. pinball goal aside, I, I thought he was great. Yeah. But, I mean, even the crazy pinball, pinball goal... Yeah. As I say that three times quick. <laughs> um, even with that, it was a case of he knew where to be. Yeah, yeah, and you had he that himself in the middle of the it. goal and went, I'm having this. It, it wasn't even a case of, he took a touch first. It was yeah. a touch and a finish. It wasn't just a case of swing your leg at the ball. No, no. That was, was composure to go touch, finish, thank you. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, it's still, it still had to be finished and he did do yeah. it very well and it, you could see it meant a lot to him. Um, Another player uh, came on for a cameo, uh, Ryan Sessegnon, and looked really sharp. He um, looked so much sharper than what I expected as well. He got, was making the runs. Yeah, wouldn't he? Um, and that that is just going to be like, you know, if you're on Dombele and you thread those balls through, if you're yep. if you're Harry Kane right now, you must be watching the way Ryan Sessegnon ran into space and crossed that ball going, oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, and did you notice as well, something I did notice with Cecil, hmm. he put in a couple of really good crosses, hmm. hard, fast, and along the ground, Yeah, where I've been watching like Surge play, Yeah, and they're all lofted, trying to whip them round, lofted yeah, passes. They're, they're and, basically goalkeeper fodder. Um, yeah, or their tall centre-back, yeah. just head them away. You whip a ball in fast and yeah. low along the floor, yeah, Ryan, that could take a deflection oh, off anyone and go anywhere. You're exactly right. You're going to win you know? a corner, possible own goal. Yeah, you've came. got to sort your feet out very quickly as a defender. Yeah. Sort your feet out, get it out, or an attacker is going to run in and you know get yeah. on to the end of yeah, it. And get on the end. And 
you you saw that. I mean, we also saw Danny Rose do the same thing for Sonny's yeah. goal, which I've not seen Danny Rose cross the ball like that in quite some time. And it's it's yeah. such a funny thing that players, you know, Rose had a, a, a good game for his standard this season last night, and I often think. A lot of that comes down to psychological stuff. Sessignon yeah. was on the bench. Everybody knows that Ryan Sessignon is kind of like Danny Rose, the new Danny Rose. You know, he's, he's yeah. a bit of a winger. Uh, he's, he started at fullback, can play wing back. He likes to attack. Danny, you know, started as a winger, moved to fullback, played wing back. <laughs> just yeah, and you kind of look at that, and I just it just felt to me like Danny kind of lifted himself up a little bit last night, and. You saw him whip that cross, you know, rock cross in. Sonny scored. Then Ryan comes on and does the same. And Ericsson, of all people, scores somehow bundled it over the line. I mean, it was going wide. It was just a deflection took it in the other corner. Oh, I'll call it an own goal then because he's an ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh look, somebody scored. Must be someone dead to me because I can't see them. Um, yeah. But yeah, to see him do that, it, it just—if you were Mauricio Pochettino, you'd probably love that more than anything. Just yeah. seeing that little bit of fire in a couple of players because they know, finally, there's people there that are fit and pushing and want to play. Yeah, um, yeah. so I, I was pleased by a lot last night. I was pleased by little patterns of play. Um, Harry Kane's ball, by the way, to, to Danny Rose to cross it was next level. Yeah, um, oh, gotcha. Him dropping deep must, this season, I know he's not scoring as many goals, but him dropping deep is he's doing it for England and Raheem Sterling. I was about to say that, yeah. Sterling and Sancho are on the wings yeah. knocking balls in. Yeah. Rashford comes off the bench and scores. And I'm now wondering, looking at Spurs, do we need one of our guys to look at that and go, okay, we need to change the way our forwards are playing slightly. Mm. Let Kane keep dropping deep and start picking up more assists. Well, let, let's let's look at um Kane will always score goals. He's a phenomenal goal yeah. scorer, and he'll be in and around the box. He'll take penalties. He'll be there for set pieces, which apparently we can now score from because Giovanni Lucelso is a great corner taker. What the I hell? Know, right? it, it beat, well, see, now, my idea of a great corner taker is someone who beats the first man. Now, I know we didn't score from one last night, but the fact they beat the first defender three times... They were going into the middle of it, the box, it, and there's like, Spurs what? fans everywhere going, wait, what is this? Yeah. What what just happened? Yeah, when what? when did these corners be invented? When, when Why haven't we done these before? And there was a short corner he took with Sonny, and then he whipped this cross in towards Sanchez, and I'm like... Sanchez looked basically was flat-footed, and I swear our defenders are going to have to be told, right, okay, so we can now cross, so you need to get back into the habit of trying to yeah. attack the ball. Because yeah, you know that time where you go for a bit of cardio, where you run up the pitch and then, and run then back. you run yeah. back again? Yeah. Well, that doesn't happen now. No, now we'd like you to actually try and score goals as well, because you might get the opportunity again. And yeah. it's just interesting. You know, Sanchez used to score for fun for Ajax. You know, Toby used yeah. to score for us um, back when we could cross. But anyway, <laughs> back when he cared. Back yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could be as well, yeah. Back when he loved us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, sad times. Um, I don't think I can I can move on fully without expressing my uh, disdain for Christian Eriksen again. Um, yeah, I mean, he came on the pitch. And we were, again, we were messing each other through the match. Yeah. And Ericsson came on, and we've both just turned around and gone, Ugh, why? Why are we going why? to We're winning 3-0, you know, 
What's the point? We don't need him on the pitch right now. No. What's the? Oh, he scored. Yeah, well, well, well yeah, but well, did you see the deflection? He toe poked. Yeah, well, 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 the goal thing just was like hashtag banter. I mean, I, yeah. I think I even tweeted. I can't decide which goal made me laugh more: the first pinball madness or that Ericsson dribbled it over the line. Piece of crap. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen at least when he did score. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of a celebration. Oh, okay. I know it was four 0 up, and the standard of the opposition wasn't great. No. But if he had just done like his run and slide into the corner, and a or you know he used to do that whole thing where he put his head right up, his arms yeah. down, and went yeah. If he'd have done that, I'd have been a bit more like, no, he hey, he, he scored. He, can't, he didn't. He can't do that because if he ran towards our fans and did that, he would have just been met by <laughs> who. Coins. We don't know you. You're dead to us. Yeah. Yeah. Someone scored. Well, who, who just scored? Yeah, who is that? Yeah, exactly. He's like John Cena. No one can see him now. Yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, I, my worry is I'm going to have a Mauricio Pochettino press conference ahead of our Sheffield United game. And he's going to be like, see, I told you his form's excellent. He just scored a goal. And I'm going to be like, seriously, but don't do it. Don't do it to me. Please yeah, don't Let's do get to our me. stats out for him against Everton, shall we? No, don't. It makes me want to cry. I, I, uh... Zero, 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 zero. Yeah. Oh, no, he got 14 for the amount of times he lost the ball. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was oh, the final number. Oh, my God. Anyway, I can't. I can't focus on that. No. Um, he needs to leave. Yeah. <laughs> A nice, nice January move, you know, someplace warm for him. To be honest with you, right now, if a club said, oh, we'll sign him, here's 50p and a packet of Watsits, let him keep the Watsits. Just take the 50p. Let him yeah. go. Because he's so bad. <laughs> he's just so bad watching him play for us like this. It's like yeah. every good memory, everything that he's done is being undone this season for me. And I know that's probably not fair. And I appreciate that he's in a weird position like the rest of us are. But I I can't stand the fact he's getting paid as much money as he is. And to he, not and, want to be there. And he's going to earn so much money when he signs this pre-contract agreement with somebody else. Yeah. Like, if I'm Real Madrid, why do I want to sign a player who clearly, when he doesn't get his own way, plays like this? Yeah. I, I just don't get it. But they will, or someone will. And you, You've got a question. Has he already kind of verbally agreed with someone, and that's why? Oh, because of for me, the thought, my thought process, if I was Ericsson... And okay, I want to leave a club. Yeah. And I'm like, right, I've now got well, we, the 7th of November. So I've got just under two months until the transfer window opens and I can sign a contract with someone. Yeah. Do I want to play my absolute socks off and yep. get that dream move to Barcelona or Real Madrid? Yeah. Or do I want to sulk around, not really do much and end up at... I don't know, say AC Milan at the moment, who are struggling to get into Europe but have got a bit of money. Well, let, let's let's flip it a second and just put it this way. I think someone, his agent, has had a chat with someone. I think their pre-contract agreement's probably already nice and lined up with a massive check. The reason yeah. he's walking around and not and half-assed is because if he gets injured... That contract's gone. gone. Yeah, that's that's how I feel it's got to be. Like he must have had something lined up and agreed, because yeah, otherwise you'd be trying to play yourself into a good contract. Yeah. Do you remember uh, old um, Adibayor? Every time he went on loan to someone, yeah. he was phenomenal. Yeah. He signed a contract and went, ah, screw this, yeah. I'm getting paid. 
Yeah, it was bad juju. I remember. I remember him yeah. saying his mum cursed him. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, <laughs> yeah you you can't. I mean, that guy forever will be a legend to me for one moment. It wasn't even for us. Playing, no, it was the celebration. Yeah. <laughs> playing for Man City, running the length of the pitch. Just oh, a piss off wow. Arsenal fans I, was fantastic. There was something about that that was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So messed up, but yeah, beautiful. But with Ericsson, I think my only fear I have with Ericsson yeah. is the same fear I've got with Toby. Okay. Sign for another Premiership team and then go back to being world class and it will be a real kick in the teeth of, wow, he he really didn't want to be here at all. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Christian Ericsson all along has been about he wants to move to Spain. So if he yep. doesn't do that now, I think... I'd be devastated. Well, I, I think it'd anyone who's still got any goodwill towards him would lose it very quickly. Yeah. Um, but that's he what signs for United and something, and you're kind of looking at it going, you, or even like go for City because of the money. Yeah. And he goes to Man City with all this money. And you look at him and just go, you've not even gone to where you said you wanted to yeah. go in Spain. I'd rather he go signs for Getafe, but at least plays in Spain. Yeah, you know? I don't think he'd do that. Um, with regards to Toby, um, to be honest with you, I I don't know what that guy's going to do. I no. I because pre-contract agreements you remember are only with non-English clubs. Yeah. So yeah. if it goes past January and he's not signed one and he's not, you know, he's not gone off, he's not been sold. Yeah. Then to me it smacks of perhaps he'd like to stay in England, which is you know, he's got he's got a wife, he's got a yeah. kid and another one on the way. He quite possibly does want to stay in London. And if that's the case, he probably wants to stay in London. And if that's the case, he's probably going to sign for Chelsea or Arsenal. Or, uh, so, And God, I'd be really pissed I'm, at that. I'm kind of... I've kind of got to the point with him where I accepted two seasons ago, he was gone. So the yep. fact he's still here is weird, almost. It's like... Yeah, you know, I said my goodbyes to you. <laughs> you know, why are you still here? I um, mean, yeah, I did that this summer. This summer, when he had the twenty-five million well, clause, I mean, and it was open for that bit of time, and I'm like, is surely here's a world-class centre back? Someone's going to turn around and go. Maguire was seventy to ninety. Doesn't it um, smack to you then? There must be a reason why, because twenty-five, you know, um, Man City lost company and one of their big things was we could just use an experienced centre back for a couple of years. Yeah. So twenty five million, yeah all right, we'll have Toby. Yeah, exactly. So why in the hell did no one actually make a bid? And I can tell you exactly why people won't want to hear it, but it's because his father and his agent are demanding too much money for him. The wages, yeah. People are talking about Oh, pay him what he wants. Daniel Levy messed this up. I'm sorry, no. Daniel Levy made the guy an offer which was phenomenal three, three and a bit seasons ago. Yeah. For a central defender in the Premier League, phenomenal. And he turned it down because Virgil van Dijk went to Liverpool and he was on more money and they wanted him to be matched. You know, Toby's as good yeah. as him, therefore he should be earning the same. And in the nicest way possible, one of them's won a, you know... Yeah. A very nice, prestigious award by himself, and the other one hasn't. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that's granted. But he he basically just isn't... No. He, no one has come in for him at that money, and yet they still think that's what he's worth. Now, in January, when he can talk to other clubs, 
there's probably going to be a deal where look your wages are going to be this you're you're this many years old now um but we are going to stick five million in your bank <laughs> because we don't yeah have he's to your signing fee yeah, yeah. Uh, and he'll go somewhere but i don't know man it's uh, to, to be fair to him, I don't feel like his performances have dropped massively. He's had a few weird games this season, definitely. But yeah. the whole team have not been playing well. Uh, no, you're very right but, there. But yeah. against Everton, I thought he played quite well. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at him compared to, say, you know, Mr. Invisible, well, then... Yeah, um, yeah and, also, and also, polar. the one that hurts me the most, I think, because I felt he was committed, loved the club, is Jan. Yeah, Jan is breaking my heart every performance he plays. Yeah, I'm, I'm with because you. I love the guy. I absolutely love Super Jan. Yeah, and I've been in the stadium where he scored and he does the little celebration yep. he used to do. Yep. And I, oh, it's you know, I always saw him as kind of not Mister Tottenham because he didn't come from no. our youth academy and all that. But he was up there with those kind of like he's going to stick here. Yep. You know, last year was it last season he was saying about how you know. Yeah, I've not got long on my contract, but I love the club. Yeah, let's see what happens. I'm willing to stay here. Yeah, and, and it then... was like, yes, we can. Then you know, Toby's going to go, but Sanchez is going to come in. We're going to have the Ajax connection still there. Yeah. Jan's going to teach him. It's going to be amazing. And then this season, he seems to have completely forgotten what football is. Yeah, he's lost another yard of pace, um, possibly through apathy rather than mm. actual fitness. Um, and he he just don't care. Like Ericsson, you see him in the game. He just doesn't put that same effort in. You see yeah. him just strolling around. I watched Gazzaniga rip into him a few games ago, and he just kind of like nodded like, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. It's apathy. It's this kind of like, I'm done. I, and you know, what the hell has happened? Well, it just... You know? The, the, there's so many rumours about Jan and what caused him and Mauricio Pochettino to have a bit of a falling out. Um, yep. And for him, the Harry Kane to definitely have a falling out. Well, um, yeah. And uh, it would appear, if you cut through it a lot, he's uh, he had an offer the last minute in the summer window and wanted to go. And as vice captain of the team, suddenly turn around and, I want to go, I want to get out of here, this is crap. <laughs> I want to be somewhere else, and the club saying no because this is like literally the last minute. <laughs> we got no time to sign anyone else, so yeah. ain't happening. Caused a lot of tension, um, but you're never gonna know. Perhaps we'll no. get a behind the scenes documentary. Oh yeah, wait. We no, will. wait a second. We yeah. will get a behind the scenes documentary series next summer on Amazon Prime. I promise you, I'm not advertising for them. I just can't wait to watch this shit show. I, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, you just summed it up with what you called it. I am so in two minds about this. That's going to be a nightmare, man. It's going to be I'm an like, absolute if, hell. Um, the, the amount of outfall there was from Pochettino writing a book. I know. Can you imagine what it's going to be like with a him, like webcam in his office? The only thing I can... Like this season, for example, I, I said this to Matt, I think it was last week, and I just think it could be the biggest irony or just the best... The only way this season can kind of end on an up is to lift the FA Cup. Yeah. Like if I was the manager, my mind would be thinking, okay, we got to salvage our league form definitely. We need to get out of the group stage of the Champions League, definitely. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you get in the knockout football, anything can happen. But yeah. I need this team to, you know, we need to go for the FA Cup this year. 
you know, we, whoever in the more opposition... More than any time ever before. Yeah, more than any time ever before, because you finish outside the top four, and you go out in the next round following the group stage of the Champions League. You're dumped out of the League Cup embarrassingly, but you've lifted the FA Cup. It would be hilarious to me, because the only criticism people have levied it Pochettino for the five years has been he hasn't won a trophy yet. So yep. in his worst performing season, he lifts a trophy. <laughs> you win the FA Cup. me up. Because what do people do then? Because he's won a trophy now. You can't have a pop at him. Oh yeah, wait, you still are. And it would prove the point I've made for ages, which is people will never be happy. You know, he could win. I, I said this, and I'll say it again before we finish today. If he wins the FA Cup, people still won't be happy. Oh, yeah, but he missed yep. out top four. If the following season he won the League and Cup double, people would say, yeah, but, you know, it's Europe's where, you know, Europe's where... It's the not the Champions League, is. is it? If yeah. the following season he wins the FA Cup, he wins the Premier League and he wins the Champions League, some smart-ass would criticise and say, yeah, but you remember the League Cup? They got knocked out by, like, you know, so-and-so. He done that. If the following season he won all four, people would say, Pochettino needs to leave Spurs for a new challenge. He's done everything. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. That's that was the whole thing with the um, the Champions League last season, wasn't yeah. it? It was like if he wins the Champions League, we're yeah. gonna lose. We're gonna lose him because that's the yeah. we can't lose him. And now everyone's going, yeah. well, yeah, but if we had won the Champions League, yeah, it just, it's it's, like, oh. it, it's it's aggravating. But I think if people get to that realization that no one's ever gonna be happy, you, yeah, you just gotta find yourself what what you derive joy from from football. Me, it's performance and results. It's the moments beating Ajax last season, I wouldn't change that for anything. Uh, that that no. moment, I, I'm going to remember that moment for the rest of my life. And Hearing I, my granddad swear for the first time at football, <laughs> that is going to be forever. It is, and it's just like, that's what I enjoy about football, those moments. Yeah, of course, I'd love it if we then lift the trophy, etc, etc. And yeah. I, I never want to make it sound like I'm saying it's not important to me, but... It's not the be-all and end-all for me. That's not why I support... That's not why I watch football or why I watch sport. It's performance, it's moments, it's, it's the enjoyment. It is the ups, the downs. If literally your whole joy is derived by millionaires lifting a piece of metal, then really examine yourself, I think, because... Yeah. It cannot be what it's all about. I, and if it is what it's all about, then there are other teams to follow who do it on a more regular basis. Cause yeah, exactly. I, I saw a thing on social media a few days ago now, mm. and it was the whole Pochettino debate was kicking off. Yeah, And someone put on there, just bring Joe saying. Oh, yeah. And someone replied with, why would you want to do that? And there was, well, he's guaranteed you win your trophies at every club. Yeah. And I just saw this perfect reply was, yeah, he won trophies at United and Chelsea. They're still trying to rebuild from him destroying them. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, bang on. He'd come to Spurs. He'd probably spend a load of money. He'd buy a couple of his players in. He'd win us a trophy. And then two and a half seasons later, he'd be gone. The whole club would be in ruins. Yeah. And it'd be like, yeah, let's managers, have five years of rebuilding, shall managers we? Managers like Jose have had their time. Managers yeah. like Jose aren't about building long-term success with a club. They're about themselves. They're about their it's, ego. Yeah, it's immediate winning. Yeah. yeah, because it's about them. They're not 
go in there to be, you know, Mauricio Pochettino, for all the criticism that's been levered at him, and which which is fine, he deserves some of it right now, his commitment is to Tottenham, the overall plan and everything. At yeah. no point is it wavering from that. So, no, he, he said before in press conference, isn't he, you know, this team will be here long after I am. Yeah. I need to make them the best they can be to carry on going forward. Yep. No, you're not wrong. I think even last season in the Champions League sort of interviews, he was saying the same sort of thing, wasn't he? It was yeah. like, you know, yeah, I'm building a team for the future. Yeah. I may not be here for the future, but yeah. my job is to make sure the team is. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, that's what you want to hear from a manager. You want to hear a manager saying, look, there is a 10 year plan. I may only be three years worth of that plan, but. If we can get everyone to where we want them to be, yeah, let's win some stuff along the way, but carry on building this team into a, a worldwide franchise, then you want to hear that. Ooh, worldwide franchise. You went American on me then. Oh, I know. Sorry. Yeah, right. Well, we'll call it there. I can't have that. <laughs> uh, uh, but, mate, thank you again for stepping in, the super sub. I really appreciate it. Um, a big thank you to everybody for listening to me and Stefan have a long rambled conversation this week. I hope in amongst it there's been some gems and pearls and you've been able to follow it because at times I think I lost track. Uh, but yeah, we did talk about Everton in the end. Uh, thank you, mate. I'll speak to you again really soon. A big thank you to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. We out. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.